Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Christian Podcast. At Faith Christian, our purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information about Faith Christian, check out our website, fccnp.org, or stop by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. Now we hope you enjoy this recent teaching from Faith Christian Church. As we're gathered in this place today, as we're tuned into this broadcast today, we are mindful of that fact that you have been so, so good to us. Despite our willing, willing disobedience, despite our unfaithfulness, despite the sin that we continue to put in our lives that separates us from you, you have been so, so good to us. Not because you have to, because you love us and you want to show us your love. So we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes every stain, that makes us right with you, God. We thank you for how good you are. Father, as we turn now to the pages of Scripture, as we examine today some words of Jesus spoken so, so long ago, but are still so important and relevant to our lives today, we ask that you would speak to us, that you would move on our hands and feet, that you would teach us how to love better. We pray this in the name of the one who is so, so good. Amen. You be seated. Thank you. 
Sunday morning or for the students Sunday evening from 6.30 until 8 p.m. for our youth group time. We'll see you then. A lot of exciting things happening in our faith students ministry, our faith uh, kids ministry. So if you've got a kid or grandkid, be sure they're plugged in and a part of all that's happening. All right, real quick, just finish this sentence with me. I don't get mad. I get... See, you knew it. Right, you knew it already. I don't get mad. I get even. Everybody knows that. And every one of us has been in a situation where we have wanted to get even with someone who has done us wrong, or at least we think has done us wrong, right? You know, there's even a whole genre of websites out there that, you, that will help you do just that. They will help you get even with somebody. You tell them who it is that, you want, that you're trying to get even with and pay this website some money. And this website, this group, will anonymously send various gifts of your choice to the person you want to get even with. Things like wilted flowers or dead fish ugh, or fake parking tickets or, this has got to be the worst, glitter bombs. You know, they open up the car and <laughs> glitter everywhere. Now, I'm not going to tell you the name of these websites because I don't trust any of you. And you would send these to me. I know how mean you are. <clears throat> but listen, we've all been there. We've all had something happen to us that we have had a hard time letting go of. We think about it. We dwell on it. We stew on it. It consumes us. We think about payback. We think about vengeance. We think about how are we going to get even and even though this event may have occurred years ago, decades ago, we still let this thing consume us, and it wraps us up, and it, it, it plays over and over and over again in our minds. And somewhere, somewhere deep within ourselves, we keep making our lists, we keep having that argument, we keep winning that fight, we keep executing some sort of payback because we can't let it go. We are in a series, that we're sermon series, we're calling Things I Wish Jesus Never Said. And we're taking some look at some things that Jesus said that are very challenging and even often very offensive to a lot of people. And what we're doing in this series is looking at these words of Jesus, finding out what did he mean when he said them back there in the first century, and then what do they mean to us here in 2023. And a lot of these things that we're going to read that Jesus has to say, these are the moments for a lot of people when they say no thanks. Because if I'm going to take Jesus, if I'm going to believe that Jesus was real, that Jesus really did what he said he did, it would make sense for me to do what he said to do. And a lot of us just can't get past some of these hard things that Jesus said, things that we wish Jesus never said. And the statement of Jesus that we're going to look at this morning has direct implication on the way that we harbor bitterness and grudges towards other people. And I believe if we'll listen to Jesus, we'll find that not only was he right in the first century, that if we follow him today, that it really is the best way for us to live. <clears throat> so uh, after we read this text, this, <clears throat> pardon me, this, that Jesus tells us in Matthew 18, it's going to be one of those things when we read this statement of Jesus after this parable, that you're going to say, I really wish Jesus hadn't said that. Because I want to take Jesus seriously. I don't want to do what Jesus had to say, but I don't want to do this. It certainly will have direct impact on your life. So if you've got a Bible with you, you've got a Bible app on your phone, I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 18 this morning. You want to just take a note, go back and read it when you get home this afternoon. The words will be on the screen behind me, as always. In Matthew 18, let me kind of give you the, the situation so we can understand the context of what's happening when Jesus says these words. Jesus is traveling. He does, does that a lot. He has with him his closest followers, his disciples, 
and they're talking and Jesus is just pouring his life into these people he's teaching them things uh, they're learning things they're asking great questions and they're learning from this whole process <clears throat> pardon me and the most outspoken of all of these disciples is this guy named Peter and we read a lot about Peter but in this scene in Matthew 18 Peter begins to ask Jesus a question about forgiveness about forgiving someone and I don't know why Peter asked this question we, we don't know why maybe Peter's holding a grudge against somebody maybe he's got an axe to grind against somebody maybe he's been plotting his revenge but Peter is trying to find out what are the limits on forgiveness is there, is there a ceiling where I only have to do it so many times basically Peter's trying to find out I want to be sure I've done enough but I don't want to do any more than I have to Jesus as far as it is for as far as forgiveness goes I'm, again, I'm not sure why Peter asked this question, but I'm guessing but that by the time Jesus finishes his answer, Peter was wishing he had never opened his mouth. Because Peter is going, or Jesus is going to say some very shocking things to Peter about this issue of forgiveness. And these statements weren't just for Peter. They still work for us today. And I still think if we follow Jesus, it's the best way to live. So let's look at what happens. Matthew chapter 18, beginning at verse 21 then Peter came to him and asked, here's, here's the question, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? I think Peter's just throwing out a big number here. Going, seven times, that's a good number, right? I pat myself on the back. I did it seven times. No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Now, the issue here is not a specific number. The, specific, the issue here is Jesus is saying, don't stop. Don't ever stop. It's not a, you can do it so many times and you're done with it thing. It's a don't stop. And then Jesus tells this very strange and very interesting story to help us understand forgiveness. Here's the story. Here's the parable. Verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. In other words, this is an, an amount that this guy could never pay back. There's no way he's ever going to earn enough money to pay this debt. Verse 25, he couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife and children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. Apparently kings could do this back in the first century. Verse 26, but the man fell down before his master and begged him, please, please be patient with me. I will pay it all, which is kind of ridiculous because there's no way this guy will ever earn this kind of cash. This guy will never be able to pay this debt back, back, but he is begging, begging for more time, and something very interesting happens in verse 27. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Now, I need you to pay attention real close to this phrase, canceled the debt. If you've got your Bible open, you've got to grab that pen, underline that word. This is such an important phrase that we've got to get our minds wrapped around for everything else we're going to talk about today cancel the debt you see when somebody wrongs us when someone offends us when someone embarrasses us or rejects us in such a way that it harms who we are there is a sense in us that that person now owes us something they owe us for what they did to us so when this guy in this story, in this parable that Jesus 
tells, decides to settle accounts with his servants, and this man begs for more time, the, the, the master does something very interesting. He doesn't put him on a payment plan. He doesn't give him 60 more days. He just cancels the debt all together. And this idea, cancel the debt, this is foundational when it comes to this idea of forgiveness. So keep that in mind as we continue. Verse 28. When the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. Remember, he just had a debt of millions of dollars forgiven. A servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. I don't know, maybe he lost, lost in poker night. I don't know, just, just, a, just something little. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Does this sound familiar to the, what we just read, right? Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid his entire debt. Now, obviously, the big question here is how could this guy, who had just had millions of dollars of his own debt canceled, not cancel a measly debt from a buddy? How could he not do that? Why was he, is he unable to cancel someone else's debt after his own debt of much larger proportion had just been forgiven? think i think it's because this guy is kind of like you and me for some reason we like to have grudges for some reason we like to have an axe to grind now we'd never admit it of course but there's something about us that just kind of likes lording over someone that they owe us something you you remember you still owe me as a matter of fact uh, researchers have found that this idea of having a grudge in your mind that you work over a vengeance pattern that you that you uh, take back what someone's taken from you the, the idea of having this just in our mind and playing this over and over again in our mind it actually triggers a pleasure center in our brains kind of like drugs do and it's a very intoxicating kind of thing and i think we all know that's true has anybody in here ever had an argument with someone who wasn't around? You've done this, right? I'm not the only one that does this, right? Sometimes I'm in the car all by myself, and I'm just, I am working somebody over. They're not in the car, but I am giving them what for. Here's the way I picture it. You ready? Here's the way I picture it. Someone's really hurt me. Someone's really done me wrong. So we're in a restaurant. We're having lunch together at the restaurant. You, know, you want to be there because you want spectators. You want people to be so we're sitting across the table from each other and there's a meal involved we're very cordial at first we're making nice small talk we're getting along just fine and then i begin to ask a series of probing questions 
and I start to work this guy over like it's the end of an episode of Law and Order. I am giving him the business, and I got all the questions, and I got charts and graphs, and I got evidence A, B, C, and D, and after a period of time, this guy just begins to fold and buckle right there in front of me, and then I start to accuse him, and I start to my crooked little pointy finger in his face, and I'm giving him, I'm slamming my fist in the table. By the end of it, I am standing up on the chair. I've got a butter knife in my hand like Conan the Barbarian, and I'm yelling. Everybody in the restaurant is like, finish him, finish him. That's how I picture it. I don't know, how, I don't know what it's like in your mind. But that, maybe, maybe that's just me. <laughs> There's something about holding a grudge. There's something about having an axe to grind. There's something about plotting our vengeance that is intoxicating to us. Because it's like, you're wrong, and I'm right. And you owe me. We don't want to let go of that sometimes. Well, it is at this point that Jesus is going to say something that is exactly what we wish he hadn't said. The thing that is the most challenging to all of us, listen to the last verse of this passage, verse, 20, or verse 35. Remember, we got a servant forgiven a huge debt who wouldn't forgive a smaller debt, and now that servant is now thrown into prison. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Now, Jesus' parable wasn't clear before. Let's make sure we've, we've, we've got it caught up because Jesus kind of lays it all out for us here. The king clearly, in this story, the king clearly represents God who has offered forgiveness for everybody through, through the finished work of Jesus on the cross. The king has offered forgiveness for everything they've ever done. The debt has been paid. A debt that you could never repay has been paid by someone else. That is forgiven. And the servant who goes out and sticks it to his buddy for the small amount after having this huge debt forgiven, this servant represents all of us who, who harbor some kind of bitterness, some kind of grudge, who refuse to cancel that debt, even though God has been willing to cancel all of our debt. And Jesus' message is very clear, and this is what we wish Jesus hadn't said. You either cancel the debt that somebody owes you, or my heavenly Father will make you pay the debt that you owe. And that's a debt you will never be able to pay off. Now, right now, I know, I know, some of you are beginning to push back. And you're tuning me out because you don't want to hear what, I, what Jesus has got to say today. So you're pushing back. You're thinking, yeah, Larry, you have no idea what I've been through. You don't know my story. You have no idea what my dad did to me. You have no idea what my husband did to me. What my employer said to me. You have no idea what my so-called friends did to me. Larry, you don't know what the people at church said about me. Larry, you got no idea what's going on in my life, what's gone on, on, gone on in my life, the way that I've been rejected, the way I've been hurt, the way I've been embarrassed, the way I've been offended. You've got no idea the vengeance that I feel for the debt that they've incurred to me. And you're telling me that if I don't cancel that debt, that God won't cancel the debt towards me? Why in the world would Jesus say that? Well, here's why. When we don't forgive, we only cause more pain. When we don't forgive, all we do is cause more pain. There's a, a pastor down in Texas by the name of Ed Young, and Ed Young tells this kind of, it's his, I won't tell it, his story, but the, the way he tells it, kind of hysterical story 
he's at a convenience store gas station busy intersection he's pumping gas in his car and this jogger comes running by this busy intersection the jogger has with him a big large doberman pincher and the guy kind of ties the leash to a park bench that was sitting there by the gas station and runs inside to buy a Gatorade. Uh, and during this moment, while the guy goes inside, the Doberman's sitting there by the park bench, tied up to the park bench. Something spooks the dog. And the dog just kind of freaks out and starts running. And the dog is so big and so strong that as he takes off running, the park bench goes with him out into the middle of this busy intersection. Cars start screeching and, and, and braking as fast as they can to, to, to stop, to, to avoid the dog and the bench. And the dog gets scared and starts running around in circles. And he's got this park bench. He's swinging this park bench behind him the whole way. And it hits an SUV and it runs, crashes into a Volkswagen. By the time the guy, the runner, comes out of the convenience stores, sees what's happening, just kind of drops his Gatorade, runs out in the, into the inter intersection to calm his dog down after the dog has done thousands of dollars of damage to multiple cars in the middle of the intersection here's the thing about forgiveness when we don't let it go it is leashed to us in such a way that we drag that that mess that pain with us into every other relationship in our lives it goes with us into our marriage and oftentimes into our second marriage and third marriage and so on it goes with us to our jobs and it gets in the way of our coworkers and our employers. It goes with us when we go to church. It goes with us in our home with our kids. We are dragging this park bench of grudge and bitterness into every relationship in our lives. You see, the reason Jesus says this, forgiveness is not just about the offender. Forgiveness actually helps you as well. And Jesus says, I want you to know how drastic of measures I will take against you if you don't get rid of this park bench of grudge in your life. It'll be like I've never forgiven you in the first place. So we've got quite the dilemma on our hands, don't we? Because every one of us in this room and everyone watching this broadcast, every one of us knows what it's like to hang on to some kind of grudge and drag that into every relationship that we have and let it affect every part of our lives. So what do we do? I want to try to get real practical with you today. I want to teach you a phrase today that I believe can change a lot of lives. A phrase that if you can incorporate this phrase into your life, it'll change your heart. It could change your past. It could change your future. It could change your relationships if you will just learn how to say this. The way to, that we deal with forgiveness is simply this phrase, and it comes right from the story Jesus told. We have to decide to cancel the debt daily. Would you say that with me? Say it out loud. Cancel the debt daily. All right, now say it again without the clenched teeth this time, all right? Say it out loud with me. Cancel the debt daily. Let's break this down a little bit. What does it mean to decide? That's our first phrase we're going to look at, decide. A lot of times when we talk about forgiveness, we go, I don't feel like forgiving. I'm still mad. I'm still upset. Pay attention here. Forgiveness is not about feelings. It's about a decision. You, where you simply make a decision that I am choosing to cancel the debt. I'm going to cancel the debt. The way you start this is you talk it out with God. God, here's what this person did to me. 
Here's how this made me feel. Here's how this affected my life, my future, my dreams, my plans, my family. Here's how this made me feel. Here's what this has done to me. God, I'm going to decide to cancel the debt. And I know some of you are saying, and I get it, you got no idea what he did. You have no idea what she said to me. If anybody knew my story, they'd be on my side. Listen to me, this is not about sides. This is not about blame. It's about healing. And the only way that you're going to release that amount of grudge that you have been carrying with you is to decide to cancel the debt. It's a decision. It's not a feeling. It's a decision. The second thing is this idea of canceling the debt. What does this mean? When we talk about this idea, a lot of people think, well, that, that means I've got to say that what they did was okay. No, you don't. It wasn't, was it? It wasn't okay what they did to you. You don't have to say it was okay. That's not it at all. You don't have to deny the, the effect that it's had on your life. It had an effect on your life. It, it meant something to you. It did something to you. You don't have to, you don't have to turn that off. It's one thing to say when someone apologized to you, apologizes to you, it's one thing to say, oh, don't worry about it, it's no big deal. Well, it was a big deal, wasn't it? It was a big deal. And to say that, that it wasn't, denies the impact that it had on your life. Don't do that. That's not what this is about. It's another thing, though, when someone apologizes to you to say, you don't owe me. You don't owe me anything. What you're saying is, what you did hurt me. It hurt. And it's affected me. And it's changed me, not in a good way. But I'm canceling the debt. I'm canceling the debt. The debt has been paid off. Here's the third idea. This is where daily. Decide to cancel the debt daily. This is one of the weird things about forgiveness. I thought I had this figured out a long time ago, but the older I get, I realize I, I, I ain't got it. I ain't got it. Because here's the weird thing about forgiveness. Sometimes it just comes back, doesn't it? Forgiveness doesn't erase our memories. I, I'm sure you're like me. You grow up hearing little cliches like, oh, forgive and forget, right? Forgive and forget. Grandma teach you that. Mama teach you that. I'm not sure you can do that. I'm not sure you should do that. Because forgiveness doesn't mean that you trust. Forgiveness doesn't mean you have to have a relationship with the person. You can walk out of here today and say, I've forgiven someone. I have canceled the debt. I've done it. I've canceled their debt. But then you see them at work, or you see them in traffic, or your picture comes up on Facebook. What's it do? It just kind of stirs up all of those old feelings. You remember what they did. You, you want to lash out. You want to withhold affection. You, you want to do something to pay them back for what they've done. Forgiveness is a daily process for a long period of time. It's a little bit like going to the gym, I've heard. Um, you don't get one of these from working out. All right. Um, it's one thing to decide, I'm going to get back into shape. But you can't just decide you're going to get back in shape, right? You actually have to go to the gym. And it's not just, you don't have to just go to the gym. I mean, I can drive by Planet, Planet Fitness all day. That's not going to help. You got to go into the gym, right? You got to get on the equipment. You got to do the exercises. But guess what? You can't just do it one time, right? But like every day, you got to do it every day until you get into shape. And then when you get into shape, guess what you got to do? You got to keep doing it. Why? So you'll stay in shape, right? The same thing is true with forgiveness. It's not enough to just say that you canceled the debt and moved on. Every time you think about that person, we've got to stop. We've got to cancel that debt again and again. And every time we see them, 
And every time we're tempted to say something, or to get snarky, or lash out, or to be mean, or to avoid them, we have to stop and cancel the debt daily. Let me try to illustrate it like this. If tomorrow morning you got a call from your doctor and you found out that you have been diagnosed with cancer, you would have some very important questions. You would, good questions. You would have some questions about, well, how did I get cancer? You would have some questions about, how does cancer work in my body? What's it doing to my body? Those are good questions. You would want to have those questions. But the most important question that you would have is how do I get rid of the cancer, right? They're great questions, but the most important question would be, how do I get rid of the cancer? And the issue with anger and bitterness and non-forgiveness is that it is a cancer to our soul. And it's not so much about how you got it. It's not so much about the origins of it. The real issue is, how do I get rid of it? And the way you get rid of it is to decide to cancel the debt daily. I mean, let's be honest. If that person came back to you today and they really gave you a heartfelt, sincere apology, would that give you your life back? Would that repay what they really did to you? Would that make your dad be something else? Or your husband be something else? Would it really put it all back together? Probably not. Because people can't heal us. Only Jesus can. And Jesus can say these words to us about forgiveness. Because when Jesus say, says these words, he knows that he is headed to the cross to pay a penalty, to cancel a debt for all of us. For everything we've ever done, for everything we ever would do. And he knew what those things were. And he decided to die for them anyway so he could cancel your debt. The good news is God doesn't expect us to die for anyone, but he does expect for us to cancel the debt. And when we do that, we will find more freedom than any apology could ever bring. I want you to do something for me right now. If you just go ahead and just close your eyes. Our community team will go ahead and take their places, get ready to serve communion to us in just a couple minutes. So right now, as you, as you sit there with your eyes closed and kind of bow your head, I just want you to visualize for a minute the person in your life that you just can't let go of something that they did to you. It, it, it may be a spouse, an ex-spouse, it may be an employer, a teacher, an old friend, former friend it may be god it might be yourself you know you, you know who it is you know what you're struggling with and so what i want to ask you to do right now as as you are visualizing that person i want you to take your hands and i want you to clench them into a fist just as tight as you can just clench that fist as tight as you can as if to say within this fist is this thing that I have held onto for so long that I, won't, I just can't let go of it. Just, just clench those fists as tight as you can. And with your eyes closed and with your fists clenched, I want to slowly read a prayer to you. 
And I want to let you just right then and there, you just kind of repeat this prayer, repeat it over, you pray this to God in the quietness of where you are right now, with your eyes closed and your fists clenched as tight as they can get. Pray this prayer. God, I recognize that at the cross, I lost my right to not forgive. Go ahead and pray that. I've lost my right to not forgive. God, thank you for forgiving me all of my sin. God, thank you for forgiving all of my debt against you. God, I have been harboring anger in my heart against you fill in the blank. You know who it is. You've got them in your fist right now. And they have robbed me. They have taken from me. You just tell God what it is that they owe you. Tell God. He knows. He already knows. But you say it in your mind to God right now. What it is that they owe you. They have robbed me of this, God. They have taken this from me. They owe me this. So God, right now, I'm going to choose to cancel this debt. They don't owe me anymore. Go ahead, pray it. It's hard. Would you pray that prayer? They don't owe me anymore. God, please allow my painful memories to be a reminder of your mercy and your forgiveness in my life. So now with your eyes still closed, I want you to just open up that fist. Feel the tension leave your body. And just let that go. Just let it go. Father, none of us in this room know the burden that each one of us carry, but you do. You know the rejection. You know the pain. You know the embarrassment. The shame. You know the horror. You know, you know the memories that cloud and taint every relationship we have that keep us up at night, that haunt us in our dreams. So God, it is our desire right now to let those things go. To be free of those things and to find healing in our life. God, you have set the example of that by the way that you have chosen to cancel our debts, a debt that we could never pay back. So God, for courage for those in this room who have just released something that they have been holding on to for such a long, long time. I pray that you give us the guts to do just that daily until these memories move from pain to a sense of grace. God, I thank you for the way that you have done this for us. And we celebrate that forgiveness today now as we celebrate the body and the blood of Jesus by taking communion. We pray this in the name of Jesus.